All right, my friends, thanks for tuning into the podcast, where, as always, we'll discuss the professional literature and the evidence-based protocol as they relate to the effective treatment of clinically significant anxiety symptoms. I'm Chris Lines, licensed psychotherapist and OCD spectrum disorders treatment specialist, and this, well, this is OCD Straight Talk. But it's like over the, the course of cases and, and years of work, you end up summarizing truths, right? And coming up with little like fucking jingles and, and slogans to, to educate and to empower patients, in this case, listeners, right? Uh, to, to focus the energy and the attention of the individual in front of you on that which is like really important in the context of the therapeutic journey, right? And maybe you come up with slogans like, you're not really doing exposure therapy if you're also doing compulsions, right? Or, or something like, your anxiety-related disorder isn't happening to you, you're happening to your anxiety-related disorder, right? And it kind of focuses people's attention on where they have control and what the hell they should do now, right now, right? Um, and they can't really control intrusive thoughts. They can't really control anxiety. You know, these things are just sort of happening to them. And there is a real degree to which that's true. But it's it's equally true that they're happening to their response, right? And they can actually control that and they can change that and they can stop that. And they can work to to formulate and execute a different response and make that habitual, Right. And in turn, change things that they don't directly control. Another one of those kinds of sayings might be something like there's an important difference between facts and fears. You know, like in the case of facts, it, it sort of objectively is what it is. You know, whether we're talking about a, a color or a time or a location, it sort of is what it is. And you may not particularly care for it. You, you may not be sympathetic to this or that fact, but. It is what it is, right? And and we're not going to gain a whole lot by sitting around pissing over what time it is. You know, maybe the clock on the wall is wrong, but the correct time is what it is, right? And I suppose it's it's left to us then at that point to find out the time, and then now we objectively know the time, as opposed to something like a fear, which is a possibility that remains to be seen. Right. It's an anxiety producing potential. And we don't know that we'll have to face that potential or, or not. And this kind of, you might say, slogan or saying is particularly helpful in the context of intrusive images and urges. Right. So when we're talking about, well, let's say sexually taboo fears, right? And individuals who might experience intrusive still frames or intrusive motion pictures, and maybe these are relative to sexually taboo actions. Um, and then they have the corresponding felt urge to check, let's say in this instance, for arousal, right? And so you have this kind of, we'll say, obsessional uh, experience happening. And then, of course, there's the whole question of the anxiety that gets caused. But here's the question. Why does that intrusive image cause anxiety? It seems like a question maybe whose answer is intuitively obvious. But hang on a second. Is it really all that obvious? 
This idea is like if you were to implant in 100 different people the exact same thought. And let's say on average for most people, it would be a somewhat anxiety producing thought. The point remains that different people among that group would experience different levels of anxiety relative to the same thought, right? And again, the question becomes, well, why is that? The answer is because they would interpret the thought in different ways, right? And, and that's my point. This is where you get into facts and fears. The fact is the image, right? Objectively, you're having this image. The question is, what does it mean? The fear is that it means something bad about you that you're having this thought, right? That's the fear. It's an unrealized potential, right? And so then there's an urge to check for arousal. And this is where you get into another fact and fear scenario. Let's suppose there's slight arousal that you identify. There isn't any arguing that, well, this is arousal. Well, bullshit. No, it's not. No, it, it, it is, let's say, slight arousal. And let's say, objectively so, there is some arousal that can be identified. Uh, that's a, and let's call it a fact, right? The fear then becomes that it's, it's confirmation that this intrusive image means something bad about me, right? But once again, I submit to you that there's a difference between facts and fears, right? And, and oftentimes, OCDers fail to, to take this into account. They, they mesh the two and they say the fact is the fear. The fact means the fear. Well, wait a minute. That's not true. There's an important difference to be drawn between facts and fears, right? The, the arousal may indicate that you're a danger to someone, it may not indicate that. We don't know what it means. It's like, you know, sometimes I'll ask male patients, have you ever seen like a super hot girl and uh, and noticed this or that about her and, and thought, dude, she's so beautiful or, or whatever and not had a heart on? Like, is that, has that, is that ever something that's happened to you, right? And the answer is, well, yeah, I mean, of course, right? And, and the follow-up question, of course, becomes, well, does that mean that you're gay? No, it doesn't mean that I'm gay. It doesn't mean a goddamn thing. Nothing. Okay, good. So just making the point, if you have this somewhat random chub in somewhat close proximity to your niece, does that mean you're a pedophile? You have to ask questions like this because it points to the difference between facts and fears, right? It, it says the fact is I've got a chub. The fact is that when I saw that hot chick, I didn't have a heart on. The, the fact is that I had this intrusive image. These are facts, right? These are objective facts, but do they necessarily mean the fear, right? And the answer to that becomes, well, you know, maybe, maybe not. This is where I don't know. This is where the uncertainty lies. And this is where I'm able to use the uncertainty as my friend. I don't know that this shit actually means anything. Like, I don't know. It would be illogical for me to rule out that it means something. Right, I'm not going to rule out that it means something. Yeah, potentially this means something, but by equal potential, maybe it doesn't. I don't know what it means. And that's the operative point. I don't know what it means that I'm having this image. I don't know what it means that I, I have the urge to check for arousal. I don't know what it means that when I saw that hot girl, eh, I didn't have a heart on. 
I, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means. Maybe it means something. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know what it means. Or it's like, you know, some some sometimes, you know, dudes will have like random wood. I can't you can't say that on the podcast. You know, there's certain things you can't talk about on the podcast, you know, and and I don't know, like a like a like a a chub is probably one of those things that you can't talk about some of this stuff. It's weird. It's weird. There are kids listening to this shit. You can't do that. Anyways, but you see what I'm saying? I think it's a valuable point for OCDers to like like sober-mindedly consider that when you're engaging intrusive thoughts and you're having all this anxiety, there's this middleman. And the middleman is like the subtitle at the bottom of the of the motion picture, right? And it's and it's telling you what this intrusive image means. And it's like, what if that motherfucker's wrong? How do you know that? How do you know that that's true? How can you possibly say that this means that? Because there's a difference, man, between facts and fears. And it's an important difference because like the fears are so flexible and the fears are uncertain and the fears are gray area and there's fluidity to this thing. We can't possibly know that the arousal means you're a pedophile or that you're a danger to somebody. We can't possibly know what the image in your mind of you stabbing your mother means. We'll identify the intrusive image as a fact. Right, we'll identify the the intrusive urge to avoid the knife drawer as a fact. Right? It's not a behavioral choice, mind you. It's a fact. It's an intrusive urge. The question, of course, then becomes what does that mean? Well, it must mean that I'm a danger to my mother. Well, I suppose it could mean that. I, I suppose that's in the deck of cards. But you know, there are other cards that are in that deck too, man. You know, and there are other very real possibilities that would explain the nature of these intrusive images and urges that extend beyond and outside of, you know, you're a fucking murderer waiting to hatch. And it's like, well, there's there's more to it than that, man. So I, I think that that's an important piece. And ultimately, we get to this this beautiful crossroad of uncertainty for the purpose of using it as leverage to stop behaviors. Because bear in mind, you can never, ever get rid of uncertainty. Never. No matter how much checking you do. No matter how much reassurance you seek. You can never, ever get rid of it. It's always still there. Always still there. Still. Always. And so when you get to that place and you fully acknowledge and that truth seeps down into the pores of your soul, what it says to you is, I don't really need to engage these compulsions. I don't really need to, to check. I don't really need to avoid. I don't really need to seek reassurance because at the end of all of that compulsing is more uncertainty. I still don't know. There's a difference between facts and fears. Facts are objectively verifiable. Fears, on the other hand, remain to be seen. We don't know what the future holds. So engaging compulsions, well, one, it never, ever eradicates uncertainty. And all it does, man, is scratches that mosquito bite. So the thoughts just keep on coming. (laughs) 
Well, that's it for another episode of OCD Straight Talk. Feel free to reach out with any questions you might have to chrislines04 at gmail.com. If you found the podcast helpful, consider giving it a five-star rating or subscribing to OCD Straight Talk for structured help with your anxiety or OCD symptoms. Thank you.